This is HPDS for Sunday, October 27th, 2019. Hit it. Welcome to HPDS, your number one source for all things tech news from the good to the bad to the vapor. Joining me, as always, is the Boosted Board Ambassador of San Francisco, California, Mr. Evan Hirsch. How you doing, Evan? It's pronounced GIF. I don't know how to, I don't know how, why is it still going on? Why has the discussion not ended? It's been years. Joe, it's been fucking years. What do you, what do you mean the discussion is still going on, Evan? The discussion... People still argue about this. I was just reading, like, a fucking thread somewhere... People are still arguing about GIF versus JIF. Evan, I think you're the only one still arguing. No, no, I swear. <laughs> I swear. It's not just me. I, I know I might sound like I'm crazy, and past episodes of this show might have, like, you know, been great at chronicling my slow descent into madness, but, like, I swear. Evan, this is, is this real. The, the people are all real. For our cold open. <laughs> Really? Right now, dude? I'm fucking tired. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I literally came up with it like five seconds GIF before. GIF versus GIF and uh, it's so effing modern you know, warfare. You know what, Joe? I don't, I don't appreciate this. You're not the one who has to think of a cold open every fucking week. <laughs> I mean, and I, I always do, do it like a minute before. I have to do things, too. I mean, sometimes I have to come up with... Uh, I don't know. I, I do things. Yeah, you based. I mean, he, he writes all the show notes. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's pretty great. Uh, it's, it's an excellent relationship that works out for both of us. And I'm sorry that I, that I, I didn't really hold up my end of it this week. <laughs> <You had laughs> my end of the bargain. I just didn't want to open up job. with the. <laughs> I know. I, I just didn't want to open up with something that wasn't funny, which is like actual thing, which is that I finally got my fucking iPhone. I finally got it. Oh, that's right. Okay, Th this yeah. is good. So you you finally got the iPhone 11. Um, yeah, Pro. Is oh oh so you did get the Pro? Yes. So I got the iPhone 11 Pro, but not the Pro Max. I know. Uh, and I, you said I was right on Twitter, and that yeah, you were right, boy. Yeah, you were right the whole time. Uh, so uh, for those who don't know, I had an iPhone 10s Max for basically the past year. Uh, when the iPhone 10 came out, I was pretty hyped about it, but I had an iPhone 7 Plus at the time. And I was like, all right, I don't want this iPhone because the keyboard's smaller. Now, in hindsight, that was stupid. <laughs> but um, I, I decided to wait for the Max. Uh, I picked up the Max, and I really liked it. And because it's the same physical size as the 7, I didn't really, you know realize until it was about a three quarters of the year in that like i didn't need a phone this big and i didn't want a phone this big and it's more obtrusive than it wasn't in my day-to-day -day life like it's okay the thing with the uh, the max iphones is i think they're probably the best things that you should get if you're if you're if you decide that you're going to buy a single apple product that's like not the peripherals right it should probably be a Max iPhone because it does everything and it has a really big, nice screen. But I already have an iPad for an, uh, like a Mac. 
for doing stuff that requires better keyboards. And I like the ability to hold a phone in a hand. That's something I've missed for three years. I miss holding my phone in my hand and my fingers curling around the left side while I hold my phone on the subway and be like, I can type with my thumb and I can reach the whole keyboard. See, there's the thing is like the iPhone even has like that weird swipey keyboard option where it will literally shift the keyboard over to the left or right. But I don't use like thumb type. First of all, no one uses it because like no. probably something like fifteen percent of Apple users know it exists, and that entire fifteen percent is journalists and you and me. Uh, <laughs> I think that's also a very, very high overestimate. Uh, overest. Oh my god, that's a fucking huge. Um, overestimation of like how big that fucking percentage is wow i I really can't think tonight um of okay well even of that like super small percentage of people that know that it exists even fewer know how to like purposely activate it like for the life of me i can never remember how to activate it on purpose joe the problem is that i know how to activate it and i know how to use it but it's such a it's literally more of a pain in the ass to use it because when you're done, you have to shut it off. Like, that's the thing about the keyboard is it's like a mode that you toggle. The thing is, nobody types with that like sort of small keyboard all the time. What it should be like is you have that little keyboard and unless you like flick up toggle in settings, whenever you like close out of the app or you shut Just you, send you the go message. to sleep your phone or send the message, or whatever, it should switch to the normal one. But it doesn't do that. So it's such a pain in the ass. Now, though, like, the actual keyboard is, like, so much... is is It's only, like, marginally smaller than the regular keyboard on the iPhone uh, 11. So... Or the 11 Pro. So, like, it, I, it's not worth using. I can, I can use the full iPhone 11 Pro keyboard with my thumb perfectly fine without having to switch. And then, like, even if I can't, there's the, the swiping gesture one, which the, the swipe gesture keyboard, right, where you can, like, swipe over the letters and it does that whole, like, prediction of, like, figuring out what you're typing. Oh, love that. That, yeah, that was honestly a big factor in my decision to get the 11 Pro because, like, I never like third-party keyboards on the iPhone. None of them are really good. Um, and I think that's honestly Apple's fault because it's just Apple hasn't put effort into making them good. Um, but now that it's like a native integrated thing that I'm not going to be shutting off, I can just kind of like, I don't have to do, do dual finger typing anymore. I can just do like swiping with my one thumb and then just fix things that are bad with it. See, um, I would have like, to like put a lot of time into getting good at swipe typing. I, I'm pretty good. Faster than dual finger typing because I'm really oh. fast at typing on my phone. Yeah, so, like, for me, I, I've gotten pretty good at swipe typing just because I started on Android. I wasn't always an Apple person. Uh, I started on Android. It had the swipe keyboard. That was actually something I kind of missed a lot when I went to fucking Windows Phone and then to iPhone. Um, and, like, now, but then, like, third-party keyboards came. Uh, swipe typing came back. And, I honestly, I didn't really, I switched to those keyboards. But then I didn't really like switch back, uh, or then I then I did switch back, and I didn't like miss swipe typing that much anymore. It's like it's convenient that, to have it, 
but honestly it's not a need or die feature yeah for most so people. it's one of those things that you don't miss but you definitely do want i think one of the other yeah. great things that you definitely don't want to overlook when you go from like the max the plus or whatever the fuck word you're using uh yeah. depending on the generation and the fucking winds of change over in tim cook's pants that year um yeah is like the pocket savings which oh yeah like the space that it saves is insane like i it's when i went from the 8 plus down to the 10s because i skipped over or no i didn't well i didn't skip over a generation but i never had a 10 mm. um so when i went from the 8 plus to the 10s like yeah i could sit down in jeans again <laughs> oh <laughs> which was, got better jeans dude what fucking jeans are you wearing i, I don't know they were just they were just jeans man I, I, yeah I, the point is it was life-changing okay that's that's fair like it, it's I could it really is great in my pocket again it was it was lovely i i'd say the um the real thing is just there are there are a lot of people for who your phone is your primary computer. I th I'd say if your phone is your primary computer, one get the Max, or two consider getting something that's not an iPhone. <laughs> um, but like, I don't know. It for me, it just didn't make sense anymore. Um, and I I love this new size. Additional iPhone 11 stuff though. Additional quirks. Camera's really cool, but I'm trying to like mess with it more. I I have Halide, which is a really great. Um, iPhone app, which everybody should download. It's essentially the best manual camera app on the iPhone. It's incredibly well designed. Oh, yeah. I'm messing with it. I'm trying to take fun. some shots. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, I'm taking some great shots with it. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how, because this this actually is like the first time in like maybe two to three years that the iPhone has the dominant camera on the market. Like, I, the Pixel 4 might look a little bit better, but like in terms of apparently from what I hear, the Pixel 4's video camera actually, like video actually sucks. Like, which is not would, surprising, but hugely disappointing. I would love to see a side-by-side. -side. Uh, I have not yeah. gotten a chance to see a side-by-side -side of the video on the two. I've seen side-by-sides of the pictures, but I have not seen the video. Yeah, the, the, and, the iPhones had the best video for years, even on the, the 10, even on the 10S, which kind of was the black sheep iPhone in terms of like build quality for the cameras. Like I, it was by far still like, hey, video is amazing on this thing. I would say the number um, one distinction between the uh, static photo on mm -hmm. the Pixel and the and the uh, the eleven is like the coloration. Like they just tend to pick out yeah. different colors. Oh yeah, um, but it's at the very least the iPhone is like still is actually back on the list of like phones with good cameras, competitive which, cameras. Yeah, competitive cameras on phones. Which like for a year or two there, it was really like. So I remember when the iPhone, when the 10s came out and I got it and they're like, oh yeah, this camera is worse than the Pixel 2, which came out over a year ago. And I was like, are you fucking shitting me? Um, That'll be a thousand dollars, please. <laughs> no, yeah, it was a thousand dollars for a camera that's worse than like the one that Google released for $400 less like a year before. That was incredibly bad. Um, other things with the, so it's cool. Ultra wide is ultra wide. Um, I took a photo once and I'm like, huh, that's less convenient than I thought it would be. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I'm really going to have to just like, honestly, I need to get a more interesting life in order to test this camera out. 
like, see, that's why I don't buy phones for the camera is because I don't have any, I, it's why I don't use Instagram or Snapchat either is because I don't have an interesting enough life to like fill out an entire image based social media network. <laughs> see, I, I my life is interesting in bursts. It's like m- most nights it's like, what am I doing? I'm like playing Destiny and hanging home. Um, but some nights I'm like going to concerts. I'm going to one this week. Uh, so actually that's going to be a, a great, um, oh yeah, I'm going to be able to test night shot. That's going to be fun. Um, so thanks, Caro Caro Bonito. You're going to be helping me test out my new iPhone 11 Pro. Um, but the, uh, yeah, the other thing about it is the battery life, which I haven't really noticed yet. Battery life's apparently a lot better on this phone. Cool. Really hyped about that. Fucking finally. Um, and, but the, the thing is, it's five hours if you went from the 10s Max to the 11 Pro Max. And it's four hours if you went from the 11, or if you went from the 10s to the 11 Pro. I don't know what the difference is from 10s Max to 11 Pro, but uh, so far it seems to be lasting a little bit longer. I don't know. I'm not, it's not, it doesn't feel like upgrade worthy battery wise. Uh, the main reason I honestly even got the new iPhone 11 was because I'm due for an upgrade and I wanted the smaller one. That was really it. Like, if I, if I wasn't like a god, I don't want my big phone anymore, I probably would have stuck with my current iPhone because there's really not a reason not to. Yeah, um, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm just going to skip this generation. and It's fine. Yeah, the next generation is going to be crazier anyways, but like I've got the year-over-year upgrade plan at this point, so I might as well just do the year-over-year upgrades, right? Like, I mean, all, all I'm going to do is just end up paying off this phone every two years and I'm gonna be like spending the same amount of money if I get this if I just give my old phone into Verizon and just get the new one every year. Well, see, so like, why the hell not? Well, see, Evan, the great thing is the iPhone 12 may have 5G support, and 5G yeah, well, is gonna be great, Evan. 5G, Joe, looks like a fucking shit show. 5G is gonna be great, Evan. <laughs> I see. I was one of those 5G is gonna be great people like six months ago. They're like, Evan, what's so cool about 5G? Oh man, guys, it's gonna have like fucking low energy chips. You're gonna put it in everything. Like Nintendo Switches are gonna have it. It's gonna be as ubiquitous as Wi-Fi because it's so low power. It's fucking awesome, and it's faster than fucking cable. So what does that mean? Oh, that's right. That means the cable monopoly is dead, baby. 5G, we got it. Like, now I'm just like, oh, wow. This is like somehow like almost the worst rollout I've seen. Yeah, honestly. Okay, so let's let's roll right into this first story because I dragged this in here literally Wait. just because I wanted to talk. I, I just literally wanted to demonstrate like exactly what the limitations of 5G are. Because I Joe, think quick one or two things, because otherwise it's going to kill me. Last two things of the iPhone. Okay. Uh, I do miss 3D touch. I thought I wasn't going to, <laughs> but then I do. Um, and the screen looks actually so much fucking better. I'm actually shocked how, how good the screen on this thing looks. Anyways, I'm done. On to 5G. Okay. Um, okay. So I honestly put this in here just because I, I don't think people always totally appreciate exactly how limited 5G is like yep. in terms of a technology. So this yes. is like this article that Ars Technica put out. Uh, what was it uh, earlier this week is mm-hmm. exactly what people need to see. So it's yes. talking about basically just the fact that Verizon is outfitting, you know, 
basketball arenas, football arenas with, you know, 5G networks, right? So mm-hmm. you've probably seen like commercials and stuff going around like, oh, the this NFL stadium, it has 5G now for all two phones that have 5G support. Um, right. If your plan for some reason supports 5G, great. So mm-hmm. here's the thing, though. Verizon 5G isn't actually capable of covering all of the seating areas in any of these facilities. Right. Uh, So let's talk a little bit about why that is. And let's and then we'll sort of roll into what this means for 5G and why those of you on a farm in Kansas will never see 5G in your lifetime. <laughs> uh, ultra wide band. Ultra wide band. Ultra wide band. Ultra wide band. So, so I'm ready. The reason that this is, is that 5G has a 500 meter range from the tower. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. They're, so when they so when Verizon says that they're outfitting these stadiums, it means that they're literally placing towers at strategic points throughout the stadium. Yes. <laughs> now imagine when they say they're rolling it out to an entire city. That means they have to place one not just on every block, but at strategic points along the block. Do you... It's literally these, worse than Wi-Fi. And these aren't these aren't like these aren't like your these aren't like your wireless router. <laughs> yeah. These are 5G transmission towers. These these are expensive pieces of equipment. They're they're not huge. Right. But they're not cheap. Uh <laughs> Joe, this is such a fucking good story. <laughs> like this is why I put this in here because I, I could not, I could not have been, we could not have been granted like a better illustration of why five G is such a fucking moonshot. <laughs> it, it's, I, I really want five G to work so fucking bad, man. Like, all right, five G is spectacular. So, like, don't get me wrong. Like, as yes. as a concept. And as a service, like as a thing, 5G is a Mm -hmm. wonderful thing. As a thing that has to be implemented (laughs) on a large or on any scale larger than your house or your apartment complex. Mm. Totally untenable. Oh, God. Yeah. So like. (sighs) 5G is such a fucking pipe dream, man. Like, I really want it to not be a pipe dream, but, like, everything we've seen has shown that the technology is never coming to rural areas. That, like, you could, so, like, if anyone is worried about 5G and they're like, oh, man, the iPhone doesn't have 5G this year. How is it going to survive? I'm going to be like, I think it's going to survive fine. Yeah, it's gonna I be mean, okay for a while unless you plan on living in one of the largest cities in the world do not yeah. let 5g support sell you a phone because 5g th- this is the big distinction and i think this is where a lot of the like 
news coverage has gotten things wrong is they tend to make mm. 5g rollout sound a lot like the 4g rollout sounded where it's, it's like we're going to be rolling it out to like states and counties yeah. and like yeah. regions of the united states they're not like the fact that yeah. they're going to be rolling it out to an entire city is stupid uh but that's how it works i don't so i think they're, like, they're rolling I, it out to chicago soon i I, I don't even know how the fuck they're going to roll it out to Chicago. <laughs> I don't either. Like, I genuinely don't understand. The, the other thing also, right, and this is a big one. So 5G is brand new. And one of the problems with brand new radios is that companies try their, like, aren't really thinking about energy efficiency in those radios at all. So, like, if you decide to get a 5G phone today you're really going to enjoy that 5G phone for the six hours a day it holds a charge. So, like, <laughs> just wait. Honestly, even if, like, 5G is, like, quote-unquote, in your city, like, the, what I would say, honestly, is wait for 5G to be, like, where you live for at least six months <laughs> before you, like, even be like, all right, maybe I'll get a 5G phone. If 5G is not where you live, then just don't fucking worry about it. If you're like, I want to buy a phone that's going to last me five years, I'll guarantee you that a 4G phone is going to last you perfectly fine for five years. Like, you're going to be doing A-OK -okay in a city on 4G network. Um, 5G, like, I'm honestly more excited about 5G as, like, a home internet service delivery technology at this point than I am, like, this is a thing that your cell phone uses. That's basically because what 5G to be is going to be. Like, right, because it seems to be very impractical as this is a thing that your cell phone uses. Because it it's really like your cell phone's super mobile and 5G is very obviously not. But it's a lot better than companies having to like re like having to lay fiber wires into like apartment building or complexes and stuff like that. Like this seems to be a much better solution to delivering internet uh, and high speed internet in a city. And like once these rollouts have happened in cities, sick. You're you're gonna have like fast speeds on your phone or whatever when you're in a city. But like other than that, you're not gonna feel the effect. I probably won't even feel the effect either, at least for a while. So for basically what we're doing right now is um if if you haven't noticed, Joe and I are shilling for the 2020 iPhone already. Um <laughs> well you had to get ahead of it won't have 5G. I can guarantee I, I, the next iPhone probably will not have 5G. Like, the, the iPhone, people forget that the iPhone was pretty fucking far behind on 4G. Like, I was back in my Android phase then, and, like, I remember all my friends, like, in high school being like, oh, man, my iPhone got 4G. And I'm like, no, you idiot, that's AT&T lying to you. My Galaxy Nexus is the future right here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, right. But like, yeah. So no five G on the next iPhone, but doubt it. USB C. That's a pro feature, Joe. Twenty twenty. Wait, Joe. Wait a minute. Wait a fucking minute, Joe. Wait. All right. I don't Listen. even want you to finish that thought, Evan. When talking to the Verge, <laughs> Apple executive, probably Craig Federighi. Sounds like it's something he'd say. 
um, said something along the lines uh, when asked why the iPhone. I remember this. Do, why the our current iPads don't have USB C or something along those lines. I know, said, Evan. USB C is a pro feature. Pro feature. I well, know. Joseph I Gladstone Farrell. I have a pro iPhone right here in my hand. Evan, don't make me hang up on you. Where's my USB-C, Joe? I should have it. I should have it. It's a pro feature. This is a pro phone for professionals like me who sit at home and play Destiny and then go to work coding and re- coding and TypeScript on React. I'm a professional. I need USB-C. Oh. All right, rant over. It was fucking twenty. I don't know. Year of USB C and iPhones, and also year of the Linux desktop. <laughs> year of the Linux desktop. Four G. Four G. Year. Year of four G. Every year is going to be the year of four G. Um, I would like four G to be in more things. I would love four G to be in more things. I would love four G to be in my MacBook. Oh, that would be excellent. I would like. Oh, uh, can we talk about the Microsoft shit? Uh, which which Microsoft? or can we do that at the end? Which Microsoft? We'll do it at the end if we have time. Okay. But um, because we didn't even talk about that event. It was like a month ago. Oh well, yeah, that well that's why it's because it was a month ago. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I really want to talk. We can about we it. can scrape we can scrape over it at the end. Uh, let's we can do that. Let's uh, move on to Firefox because they've got a whole thing. Uh, yeah, so we talked about DNS over HTTPS uh, a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. So for those of you who don't recall, I'm I don't. Gonna, I'm gonna give you a quick refresher on DNS over HTTPS. So, Thank you. um, l- l- so DNS over HTTPS is just an alternative for DNS resolvers. So DNS typically resolves over TLS, uh, mm-hmm. which is a spec that takes place over, I think, port 53 or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I'll Google it. But DNS over HTTPS literally just means that DNS is now that your DNS is now going to resolve over the same encrypted uh, spec Ooh. that all your web traffic resolves over which is port 443 this gives me a warm fuzzy feeling in my heart well hang on because we're getting to that Uh because there's good things and there's bad things here so zdnet has now posted something that it's it's slightly critical of mozilla because they've Mm -hmm. not maybe rolled this out in the way you might want them to so because this has to resolve because they have to resolve this in a very specific way because they basically have to hijack uh mm-hmm. your dns servers on your machine so this means right. that when you use firefox you're now going to have all your dns requests tracked directly through cloudflare servers okay so that's sort of where zdnet's whole complaint comes through is now all of the mozilla traffic is being sent directly through cloudflare's servers now mm-hmm. mozilla has since come out and said okay we know it's not a great look 
Um, there's no money being, you know, exchanged here. It just so happens that cloud that Cloudflare was the first of several services that were able to meet a large number of specifications that we required. And we wanted to push this out now rather than later. So Cloudflare mm. is the default. Right. So um, it's iffy. I, I don't know. They they could have handled this better. Um, I personally have nothing against Cloudflare. I use their DNS service. I think it's pretty great. I think 1.4 is probably one of the best DNS services out there um, because of the fact that it's a pretty fast DNS resolver and they like have a privacy, they have a really good privacy policy. Well, here's which is what why I'll most say, people use them over Google's. Here's what I'll say in response to that. So say for instance, sometime say for instance DNS over say for instance DNS over HTTPS uh rolls mm -hmm. out tomorrow. You're using right. Firefox now. Your DNS traffic is being sent through Cloudflare servers. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, Cloudflare DNS goes down. Okay, that's fine. That happens. Right. Firefox, as a service, no longer works. You, you as a, you know, as a developer, recognize oh. that it's a DNS problem. You go into your local machine settings. You change your settings because maybe you were using Cloudflare servers. So you change it to Google's DNS servers or whatever. Zero dot zero, or they don't have zero dot zero, whatever. Um, I, I see what you're trying to get at is that other the people problem won't is, be able to do this. No. See, that's not it. You changing yeah. those settings doesn't make Firefox work. Firefox mm. will still be broken. All of your other browsers will continue to work. Firefox won't work because it's Ooh. still trying to resolve. It still has to resolve your DNS over the HTTPS protocol. And that has to be done through Cloudflare's servers. So wait, they don't have regular DNS as a fallback? The only way that you can get around it is by going into the Firefox settings and turning DOH off. Well, okay. So what Which this should be. This is you've got a weird split here. Yeah. You see how it complicates things now? Yeah, yeah. No, like what this should be right is this should be like an additional layer but existing dns should be a fallback like that is fundamentally what should happen here like how it should work is you know how like on uh what what browsers started doing in the past two years was showing non-https sites as not secure um it was a really cool thing because basically what that did is that's especially since Chrome did it, which Chrome's like what what percentage of the browser market share is? It? Like you should know. I'm not a web person. Uh which browser it's like eighty? Oh Chrome. Chrome? Oh yeah, I think it's somewhere in the eighty room. Yeah, yeah, it's around the eighties. Um like Chrome is such a huge part of the market share in browsers that like if it does something like saying every, if it decides one day to like flash a little warning that every non HTTP that every like non HTTPS site is like not secure, every site's going to start switching their shit to HTTPS, right? Like 
Um, and because what Chrome can do is Chrome has the ability to like inform uninformed users about the security of their browsing, right? One thing I think Firefox should do, because Firefox, I get what they're trying to do, which is like, they're trying to say, hey, we're protecting your DNS more. We don't want to like go back to something as a fallback without being like transparent that you're no longer as secure as you once were. Because like, I guess they find that, st- that they find like informing those users that are like less informed of how their traffic is being handled hard. But like, I don't know. I, I think there's a way you can do it. That's you can a- just be like, like you, you just do a little pop-up or a little toast being like, like your result, like that's the thing. There's no non, we're experiencing difficulties. There's no non-obtrusive way to inform the user their DNS traffic is no longer secure. That isn't horrifically confusing to the average user, right? Like so, I get it. Like I, yeah. Like at least with at least with HTTPS, people pretty much understand like the little green lock. Mm-hmm. Like that that's fair uh, to an extent people pretty much get it um but if you add in anything else on top of that the whole system breaks down I I, I think and I think I think I I think I actually do side with Mozilla on this end mm-hmm. if you add in anything else if you add in any sort of toast if you add anything else I think it actually might even compromise the HTTPS green lock where people start to wonder, well, if I'm not secure now, then what's the little green lock? Clearly, that doesn't mean anything either. I mean, uh, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's it's tough, right? Um, But I don't know. The the problem is that I'd say I, I love Firefox and I love Mozilla and I like what they're doing here. Honestly, I, I, at least I like the intent of it. Life. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> the problem is most people aren't either. And like, well, as, as much as I love this effort, if Chrome doesn't do it, it doesn't matter. Chrome, because most uh, who Chrome has give, plans to who, enable this in the future. They do. Okay, cool. Well, Here's the thing, Joe. Take a wild guess as to whose DNS server you think they're going to enable it to. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so I'm not as happy about that because do we have, does Google have a privacy policy? I cannot believe we're talking about privacy policies for DNS resolvers. Joe, does Google have a privacy policy for their DNS resolver? You understand this is what it's like to be a web developer. Right? Does Google this have a privacy policy for its DNS service? This is what I do professionally every day. Uh, Jesus Christ. I don't understand how you do. Does, but does, actually, because like, here's the thing. Chrome really wasn't like tracking as much stuff as you did before. But now they're doing it like even more so. Now they're, it, DNS over HTTPS, I think like, this is not controversial compared to what's going to happen when Google does it. Uh, Google I think when public, Google does it, it's going to be a bigger deal. Google's public DNS complies with their main privacy policy. Um, hmm. Okay, so, so they, not good. <laughs> so they do kind of have a privacy policy? I'd have to dig deeper okay. to find... Okay, here we go. 
Okay, mm-hmm. they do actually have a pretty extensive privacy policy here. Excellent. I'll take a look at it, and that's what I'm going to read tonight before I I, I lull myself to sleep. Oh God. Ooh, it's but, a chonker. <laughs> hell yeah, boy! I'm ready for a big chonking, a big heckin' privacy policy. Let's get it down. Um, but I think regardless, end of the day, okay. As much as like, okay, Google routing all their stuff from Chrome uh, and all their DNS traffic from Chrome to their DNS. I think Siri just fucking activated out of nowhere. Um, to all to Google activating or sending all their DNS traffic from Chrome to like their DNS servers, you might be like, okay, wait a minute. This is a little weird in terms of like privacy wise. But you know what I think? Honestly, I don't want to say this is like a great solution, but. Most people use the DNS servers that are set by their network. And those are significantly shittier in a lot of ways in terms of privacy. Uh, like, because right now what most people are using is their ISP. And if this like helps get a lot of DNS traffic off of ISP's DNS, I'm, I'm going to say it's a win. Well, I tend to agree. I think the main concern here, and I th- it's a really legitimate concern, is that Cloudflare or somebody else is going to attempt to monetize the fact mm-hmm. that Mozilla is centralizing a gigantic chunk of DNS traffic on their service. Yeah. Well, which which I, is like, it, it's a legitimate concern, but as long as I, yeah. people keep an eye on it and we see that they are in fact... Um, bringing in other services in the future, then yeah. I don't particularly object to this. I think it could yeah. have been handled better. Yeah, I, I, I agree there. I think I, I wouldn't be super concerned about Cloudflare doing it because all their advertise the reason that they do and build these free services are almost entirely just to be like, hey, look at us, we're Cloudflare, we exist, we can prevent, we can protect your website from a DDoS. <laughs> like, that's really what they, they do. Um, because they need to build products for normal users because most normal users don't know about Cloudflare unless they go to a throttled website. That's so, <laughs> like, Cloudflare is doing this just to get their name out there. Uh, Google is a little bit weirder. Well, um, here's the thing, Google's a little bit weirder, but like, if they wanted to get all your web traffic from Chrome, they'd have it. I mean, they like, probably do already. They probably do, yeah. Well, like, And the interesting thing about implementing DOH, uh, so I was reading through part like the brief form of their privacy policy while you were talking, but they keep two sets of logs so they keep a temporary log and a permanent log and the temporary log stores like the full ip address of the machine you're using and they do that for a series of reasons and that's gone within 48 hours and then in the permanent logs they keep like debugging information so that is like a series of location stuff at like the city level and a bunch of other things Mm. and so but an interesting thing there is that in under the DOH uh, method, uh, a lot of that information is not going to be as readily available. I don't know mm-hmm. if location information will be available. I don't know if location information is going to be available in that scenario. 
I have no idea either. All this is very interesting and confusing. And I mean, honestly, we can speculate on, on, about it, but like, really, it's just we have to wait and see how this plays out. I know the like request domain name won't be. Uh, uh, oh, the request domain might be. I don't know. Yeah. The name of the machine definitely won't be. Um, okay. I'm, anyway, DNS now, is weird, now we're going really far. Yeah, I was <laughs> about to say, we need DNS to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> we need to get out of here. We've been talking about DNS traffic for about like 10 minutes. We need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, I could go on to the next one. All right. Because I want to start it since I guess I'm this, this podcast's Dieter. Oh, I'm um, really angry about this one. <laughs> all right. So first off, really we haven't actually all of these. We haven't we haven't talked about this yet. Um, so I'm going to do my usual Evan explainer because I, I seem to be decent at these. All right. So everybody here uh, should know what iMessage is, right? iMessage is Apple's messaging protocol. Uh, what iMessage kind of exploded after it released in 2010 and became one of the main features of the iPhone, as well as one of the main pillars Apple kind of uses in order to lock you into their ecosystem. The point of iMessage is that it, it, it operates within the regular messages app on your iPhone and also now other Apple devices. What happens is when you're sending a message in your messages app, just like a regular text message, right? It checks to see if the other phone's an iPhone. If the other phone's an iPhone, blue bubble. And, it's a, and it doesn't actually send a text message. What it does is it sends an encrypted message through Apple servers and Apple systems. Uh, and this gives the chat with iPhones uh, a lot more features than just a regular SMS. This includes higher quality photos, typing indicators, um, like much longer messages that are longer than 256 characters, uh, the ability to add and remove people from group chats with, while, with them being the same group chats, naming group chats, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. These are all like now standard features of almost any single messaging app you can download on the internet. Um, but every phone that's not an iPhone still kind of uses shitty old text messages. But back in 2007, there was this new little thing called RCS proposed, which is RCS, for those who don't know, is uh, a proposal for a new messaging standard to replace SMS, which is what we all basically colloquially refer to as text messaging. I can't believe I pronounced colloquially properly the first time. That's a fucking hard one. Um, but yeah, so the idea of RCS, right? is it's essentially upgrading regular text messages to be just like how Apple iMessage works, except with one big thing. They're not encrypted. Um, I've done my spiel already about how SMS unencrypted, not great. But honestly, upgrading the rest of it is um, something I'm fine with and something I'm down with, and I hope RCS kind of pulls through. However, Joe put an article in this week's show notes, and he was very adamant and very mad about it. So. I want to see what he has to think. Well, Joe, what's the most recent development in RCS and its life? The most recent development is that I'm really angry, Evan. Joe, I've, I'm also angry. Like, so this was a thing that was supposed to happen a while ago, but there's one problem. No, you know what? I'm really angry at software engineers in general, because you know what? Okay. They suck Why? at their job. 
I know. We're software engineers and we suck. Everything's fucking over-engineered to hell, and I'm sick of it. What? Yep. What is? What is going on? Okay. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Deep breath. And okay. He- here's the deal. Yeah. So, in an effort to actually roll out RCS to Android, which has been a struggle for what? Would you say seven years now? Uh, no, I don't know. I have no. I mean, I've only been hearing about it for the past two. Okay. So it. it Okay, I, I thought, what did I get? Where did I get seven from? Anyway, the point is, they've. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's been forever, and they have not made a lot of progress, but here's what they've come up with. The fucking geniuses have decided mm-hmm. that all four major U.S. carriers, AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, and Sprint, have issued a joint press release that have announced they are forming a joint venture called the Cross-Carrier Messaging Initiative, otherwise known as the CCMI. The CCMI is going to be designed to ensure uh, that the carriers actually do indeed replace SMS with RCS. And they're going to do that by launching a whole new messaging app for android now let me just break that down for you in case you don't totally understand why i'm furious wait no joe can i explain can i just say it in one quick easy sentence i'll i'll let you give give us your sentence the whole point of iMessage is that no one knows they're fucking using it. <laughs> That's basically <laughs> it. Okay, so here's the deal. So now, let's say you pick up a fucking phone. So first of all, you, you've got these four carriers. They've just created this app out of nowhere, and they're just hoping that the actual people who create the device, say Samsung, actually choose to use it um they won't Mm -hmm. um so now you've got the base android messaging that is actually pre-packaged with the android operating system that's one Mm -hmm. messaging app you've got the ccmi messaging app that's the new one that supports RCS. That's two messaging apps. Now let's say you picked up a Samsung phone. Now you've got three messaging apps because Samsung packages in their own messaging app. Now let's say you picked up a Verizon locked Samsung phone. Well, here's the thing. Verizon has its own messaging messaging. app. Messages plus, baby. And I am willing to bet fucking money that the left hand don't care what the right hand is doing, and that messaging app ain't going nowhere, baby. So (laughs) guess what's shipping with built-in messaging apps that's right android (laughs) oh man now (laughs) 
<laughs> you look me in the you you look your grandfather in the eye and you try to explain to him how to send a fucking text message. The answer is nothing's changed, Grandpa. <laughs> That's the answer. The the thing is, right? People, I one of the problems is that it's too fucking late. Like, this, see, this is one. This is this mm-hmm. is like a fundamental problem with software engineering everywhere. Is they just keep re-engineering the same thing over and over and over again, and they just keep reforming things they keep building new businesses to replace the old businesses no one gets rid of anything they just build on top of the shitty thing like they take a dump in the middle of the street they drive over it with a car Mm -hmm. and then they build on top of it well (laughs) here's my counter argument to that i don't think I don't think this is a software over-engineering issue. I think this is just fundamentally like an issue of the way the carriers have and always will have operated, right? The fact that the carriers want control of messages back from iMessage and back from Facebook, right? Because like Facebook owns messaging in the world. I'm not even accusing this of being like an Android problem. I'm accusing this of being like a fundamental problem with like software engineering and like project management yeah do you want to do you remember what messenger used to be like a year and a half ago oh yeah remember how remember how facebook messenger had like tabs for like discovering chat bots it it changes like every it still does every every six months it changes it's a totally different application but basically what happened was over engineering kind of comes from a result of like throwing one product into um what is it throwing one product into another product like facebook realized that a bunch of people were leaving facebook for messenger so they threw fucking stories in messenger they threw like goddamn chat bots they threw an insane amount of social features except the ability to add friends <laughs> that would be useful the problem but they, they, the problem is that ux design has gotten to a point where it's developing the same problems that like actual software design software architecture has where like you build on the architecture to a point where you've just got so much technical debt that you have to Mm -hmm. stop everything and lose two sprints to go back and just fix the debt but instead it's all user experience. It's all in the UI. You're just like well, building on, you're just building feature upon feature upon feature upon feature upon feature until your user is just lost, floating on a sea of God knows what. And you can never take it away because if you take mm-hmm. one feature away, then that small portion of your user base that was using that feature, that their workflow depended on that feature now the app is useless to them like the get variable feature and fucking apple shortcut (laughs) that's exactly what it is why did you remove get variable why would you do that why would you break everything (laughs) like i get you could be like hey 
this is better and you can just make something better but why break things you're not fucking python <laughs> like but shut that's up exactly the problem you take away one feature and for a couple people the whole thing breaks print never should have been a keyword i'm going to be honest with you print never should have been a keyword in the first place python 3 did nothing wrong i dealt with this all the time in my last job we yeah. did we did uh we did report generation and there were a bunch there we we must have we generated literally like hundreds of reports on just mm -hmm. random shit and there were there had to be 20 reports that almost no one used there was like one client that used it we had to maintain these because they were mm -hmm. just big enough that it still mattered and if we, and if they didn't if we took them out if they didn't exist then That's everything it. went up in flames then spy kids 3d game over and like you can't have that it's i get it like software over engineering's bad but also software over engineering brought us everything we know so i'd say it's a net positive in the world and you know i'm right Software over engineering brought us the fucking GUI, Joe. But there's better ways. You can get to the you can get to these ends without over engineering everything. Sure, yeah. but that's not half. That that's half the fun. <laughs> Apple proves to us that if you take if you take it slow and you actually go the long way around, like. For instance, like setting up a new Apple device is legitimately magical because they took Joe. the time with the user experience to make it that way. Joe, this is the same company that just launched iOS 13. So, like, let's be perfectly fucking honest. I don't think this is I, I, I can't defend everything they do, but like there's certain aspects like. Like yeah. every company has like every company has like one or two things that their the devices do that are legitimately magical and those are the things mm -hmm. that they took the time to fully think out the user experience and they didn't over engineer the shit out of it they took it to its yeah. logical conclusion and they didn't spec it out beyond what it needed to be right whereas like i'm gonna pick on like specifically the sony bravia again just because oh god why bravia it, it, it's because I, I set up a Sony Bravia really recently, it, it, the smart oh. TV. Um, I remember you talking about this. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, doesn't that run Android TV, though? Yeah, I don't I don't mean to call out specifically Sony for this. It's just like the smart TV that I set up most recently. Um, I mean, Sony does do this, so but like, I don't know. So, obvious, as I was setting it up, it was very clear that this was supposed to... That, the image in their mind was that this was going to be one of those magical wave your phone in front of the TV experiences. Yeah. But it wasn't, it was just this arduous 17 step thing where I was doing all the same things that I would have done on the TV anyway, except the only difference was it was on my phone and I didn't have to type my Wi-Fi password in because it read it off my phone. So, mm -hmm. like, they didn't change anything. They just, it was just over-engineered. <laughs> nah, I get it. Anyways, buy RCS. Yeah. Download it today.
RCS is the future, except for the fact that it's an app that you have to download and or use on your phone, except for the fact that no one's going to do it because it's not the default messaging app and probably won't be. Um, and everybody's just going to continue to use Facebook Messenger in the United States, WhatsApp in Europe, and also the Middle East. And um, that's just going to be the world. I'm angry Whoops. about software engineering. <laughs> it's really gr- it's really great, Joe, because this way you have to download a separate app if you want to message anyone who lives in Japan. Oh my god! I, I you can't... know about Line too. Oh my god! Oh my god! But like, it just it's this is just the world we live in now. You have to download apps to talk to people. Like every everything was great until it became terrible. Remember how like you didn't have to be like. I'm like, hey, Joe, I want to call you. And you're like, oh, cool. Hey, what are you going to call me on? Hey, can I, I see? Here's what I hate. Now you have to text. So you text people before you, before you call them just to see like, OK, are they like in a space where they can be called? Which is cool. Like, I'm into that. That's cool. Yeah. That's like a yeah. really cool thing that we do now. But oh, the problem yeah, is I love it. that now you have to like determine which platform to message them on because there's you know, 90 I'm, different platforms and no one you know is on the same platform so my solution is i'm just not making friends with anyone that doesn't use iMessage anymore um, that's really been my like strategy it's great and y- y- okay you know what i just remembered so one thing joe did was recently we have some um we have a mutual friend right and joe said hey i'm going to message this person um, I forget what you were going to message on every possible messaging service I know. Right, oh, the bird pictures, the bird pictures. Yes. So Joe messaged the bird pictures on every fucking messaging service, even getting down to like LinkedIn in message. Oh yeah, just like bird memes on literally everything, yeah. like Steam, I wonder, EA Origin, LinkedIn. I wonder how many services there are to call you. That's a really good question i know like you're definitely on google duo you definitely have the app on your phone right uh i i've downloaded it previously i don't know if it's still on my phone uh, yeah because no one uses it i know <laughs> but like <laughs> i i actually th- there's so many different fucking apps and you have to remember which app your friends are on like that's the worst part you have to remember which app your friends are on you could be the first person like, the ever shit? to facetime me what i was no you could be the first person ever to facetime me wait have you never been facetimed no one has ever facetimed me facetime joe farrell <laughs> every, joe everyone remembers their first time <laughs> everyone remembers their facetime Everyone remembers their FaceTime. Pick up. Don't be a coward. We're doing it live. It's not even pick up. Ringing. What? Joe, pick up. FaceTiming the wrong person? No, I'm FaceTiming you. <laughs> I'm ringing. FaceTiming you. Why aren't you picking up? Because <laughs> it's not ringing. This is the problem with modern messaging. <laughs> It's, oh, I wonder if it's because I've never opened the FaceTime app. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> yes, it says FaceTime unavailable. I've never 
never opened the FaceTime app ever. So you have to message someone and you have to be like, hey, do you have FaceTime? <laughs> Are you on FaceTime? Are you online right now? Open up the FaceTime app. Are you calling from your computer? Are you calling from your phone? Are you calling from your Echo device? Your Amazon Echo Alexa device? That's incredible. All right, apparently I'm on FaceTime now. Great, Joe. Also, right, don't you anyway, have a Google Home? I do. I also have a couple of okay. those. The Echo Excellent. is better. Yeah, it is. Do you want to talk Fuck about really? this last uh, this last story before I really out? do, Joe. You were pretty excited I... about this one. Oh, uh, yeah. So, Joe, let's talk about buttons. Let's talk. Buttons about are buttons. old. Buttons they're old are news. Old. They're outdated. They're out. They're old news, Joe. Who wants and or likes buttons anymore? Yeah, no. as, as a famous as as a as as a as a famous um as as a famous man once said, um, one problem with buttons is they they can't change over time. And one of the things that sucked about the iPhone was that it always had this little home button on the bottom all the time. Now the iPhone 10 changed it to a giant fucking screen with a nice little swipe up bar on the bottom that was like super easy to use and had great gesture control and was awesome. But one man, one man just recently said, He dared and say I, no. And he, he dared say Stood no. Stood above the crowd. He, he he said, and I quote to Tim, the button on the iPhone was far better than the swipe. Capital This S. man is none other than the current president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. And what he says is fucking wrong. <laughs> Completely fucking wrong. I won't Could stand for this kind of slander. <laughs> I won't stand for this kind of slander. His other political views are, are passable. But this... <laughs> This is what I've decided to be mad about today. I'm going to um, clip that out. I'm just going to play it at the start of every episode. <laughs> okay, please, like, just everyone who listens to this, know that there's a big giant slash S after that. Like, but fucking, Everything like, Donald Trump has done up to this point was passable, except the iPhone button. <laughs> this, is, this is his worst view yet. This is his and worst take by far. The so I'm just mad about this. I don't even know what I wanted to say. Like I'm just I'm curious as to how anyone could be like, yeah, the button was better, right? It, like it is. It's it's really funny. I can't figure out like what possessed him to bring it up. It's so. All right, I'm gonna talk about my mom for a second. My mom's a pretty good barometer of, like, a normal person using technology or someone who's, like, not into technology using it. She's not really, like, she's not a computer user. She mostly uses a phone and an iPad. And, like, originally I was like, okay, we're going to get her the 10. Is this going to be a big deal for her? And every, everyone was like, oh, don't get the 10. It's going to be such a, like, big change for you. And then she got it, and she's like, oh, it's just a swipe up. It's the same thing. And then she got used to it in a day. It was like nothing changed. Like, I don't understand what could cause Trump to be like, 
There, there are many other problems with the fucking iPhone 10 versus the 8 that you could have complained about. You could have complained about the fact that Control Center is no longer easily accessible because of the swipe up from the bottom. So now you have to put your little finger in the top right, and no one fucking knows how to do that. I like, yeah. Is it, you know, what, know, actually, of all the things, because for whatever reason, The Verge wrote an article about this, and I don't know right. why they bother doing that. But of all the things I that found do. interesting in this article, I mean. I know why they wrote an article about this, but still. That's the intersection <laughs> of technology and culture, dude. Right, culture. Um, yes, culture. But, um, the most interesting thing in here is I kind of forgot that he had switched from an Android to an iPhone when he took office. And it's oh, yeah. really odd to think of someone like Donald Trump using an Android because he's such a guy who's like, he's got like this weird like surface level focus on status like <laughs> you're right and like the iphone is such a status symbol like you would think that someone like him would see the iphone and he'd be like well this is the most expensive phone and this is Whoa. what like movie stars use so clearly this is what i have to have well no he did have one but if you don't remember he boycotted it Oh, is that is that what happened? Yeah, it was a boycott Apple something. I forget what it was. I'm not even going to ask why they were boycotting Apple because I can only imagine it was asinine. Uh, oh wait, I'm gonna, uh, I'm I'm gonna remember or I'm I'm gonna search this up. Calls for Apple boycott. Yep, there it is. Um, calls for a boycott of Apple products. Um, because uh, oh yeah. It was because of the San Bernardino thing that they couldn't fucking get the encrypted messages. Oh. <laughs> I told you it was asinine. Yeah, totally asinine. But, but like But that's the thing, is like he yeah, exactly. Like he, he definitely seems like an iPhone user because he's like he's really focused on like that really superficial, like this is a status symbol sort of thing. Like definitely mm -hmm. got you know the fucking solid gold watch and whatever the fuck he he literally has an apartment made entirely of gold yeah, oh my god i i well, not I made of gold but like painted gold all right so we're gonna we're gonna take like a wild detour we've already taken a million detours here now we're just gonna go let's take a wild one let's just go rails. but uh I don't when, care. i'm tired man let's just fucking go when i was uh when i was younger uh when i was young it's living with my parents, we went into the city and uh, we stayed in Trump Towers. See a black parade? We we stayed in Trump Towers, um, and oh, I no. must have been I must have been like nine or ten at the time. And Yikes. at the age of nine or ten, I honestly remember walking into this hotel and thinking, "This is a little much." <laughs> <laughs> this is a little much it's, i love this this feels a little extra <laughs> honest yeah i get that like it's just oh it's bad it's it's terrible oh god yeah no like yeah this 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 has been a wild detour this is the the late night ramblings of joe and evan yeah, for those who don't know, we're doing this really late at night. Uh, I mean, I don't know why I'm so fucking tired. I'm on the West Coast. I should have adjusted by now. Yeah, it's 1 a.m. for me. 
Yeah, I've only had like one cup of coffee today, though, so that could be it. I think that's it. Got to get more. Coffee I don't know. You. All right. Um, I I maybe let's um, uh, but... let's wrap this up before we uh, unleash any more horrific opinions before before we start talking about God knows what. I, I couldn't I literally couldn't even think of a good thing. I'm out of I'm out of banter for the night. All right. So I was out of banter like honestly when I started this episode. Fair <laughs> enough. Why? I've just been running on fumes. It's been great. It's been a fun experiment. If you want to see some uh if you want to see some actual banter, follow Evan at Evan Extreme on Twitter or myself at Pithpith, P-I-T-H-P-I-F-T-H. You can also follow the show at HomePod Squad. You can email us homepoddefensequad at gmail.com. Slide into our DMs on Twitter. Oh mm-hmm. we did not read the Twitter DMs this week. We will get we'll get right on that next week. I totally forgot. It's late. Right. That'll we be like, forgot about it. Just, Joe, throw it at the end of the fucking show notes. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes for next week. Put we it in the some, show notes. We got some great also, DMs. I was really excited. We, we did have some great DMs. We're gonna send out another one. Um, Keep them because coming. we forgot. Keep this them is coming. this is just this is just the the the, the midnight oil episode. Yeah, we um, we're burning the midnight oil. Uh, we're yeah. I'm literally burning the midnight oil. I know. Um, and but also keep them coming. We're building up a backlog. And we'll we'll answer them a couple at a time. It's it's gonna be good. There's some there's also, some really good shit in there. And of course our make website sure zoom.rocks. Zoom.rocks. Also I'm just throwing this out there for no reason. Make sure to follow at ISO Steph. <laughs> it's not even us. <laughs> I am aware. Just do it. You'll be glad. Alright, so that too. Alright, thanks guys. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.